love coming to those things with me. We had fun together. No, you had fun. They weren't about us, they were about you. Not only about me. Steven, everything is about you. And I'm on Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from MoosedeadWorld.net, and I'm joined by my co-host, Martin. How's it going? And uh, today we're taking on a new episode of the uh, the podcast where we venture out into different territory, and by different I mean another Marvel superhero movie, <laughs> which has become kind of our thing now, besides like horror movies and, you know, Wes Anderson movies. Superhero movies are now our thing as well. They're one of the few films kind of worth going to see in the theater. Yeah, they're... Uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, they're like one of the... Th- yeah, they come out on a regular basis, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we don't even have to look for it. All of a sudden, we're just like, oh, there's another superhero movie up. You want to go see... We want to cover it? We're like, sure. Yeah, might well, as well. well they, We've done them all the other, other times, so... Well, they got a schedule. They do have a schedule, especially so, Marvel. Yeah. Marvel's got a good schedule. Sticking by it. So, obviously, we're covering Doctor Strange... Which released in theaters a couple weeks ago. We're a little late on it. We were Just, saving it. We were saving it. And also, we didn't have time because we were doing all the saws. <laughs> <laughs> had had to get all the saws in there first. I know. So, but uh, yeah, no, I, um, I I like the tradition of going to see the superhero movies though because it's one of the few movies that I actually go out to see in theaters. I mean, I see a few other ones. Like I saw, uh, um. Shut in. I saw Shut in the other day, which was not good. You probably shouldn't go see that. <laughs> uh, except for Naomi Watts naked in profile. It's probably the only reason. But if you wanted to see that, then just watch Mahalan Drive or something like that. <laughs> but uh, so I, I mean, I go out a couple times. If there's a horror movie out at the theater, I'll go out and see it. But for the most part, I don't really go to the theater that often. But I do when there's a, a superhero movie out because we cover it for the podcast. And that's one of the only times we ever go to the movies together. Yeah. So, and it's a fun time out. I always order a coffee. <laughs> have to go through a rigmarole process of making it because yeah. they never have any. Oh, yeah. You be thankful they make it for you because if they made it, it would have been there for like days. Well, that's true. And like I, this time I said, you know, they didn't have to make it for me if they didn't, you know. But they offered. But no, see, because that's see, no, see, that's where you're making the mistake because that's how it always is when you go to like place. Like you ask for something, like. Oh, we don't have it made, and and then you're like, you're like, oh, if it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, no, we can do it. You know, no, he was eager so, to do it. So, so it's it's like begrudging on both sides. Like they have to say, and you're gonna be like, oh. yeah, but he was eager to do it. So I, I said, sure, I'll give you my three dollars for an, for a coffee. Ridiculous. How they make their money. I know that's how they make their money. They ain't making it off the movies. But unfortunately, they had to throw away a whole pot of coffee after well, I was done with it. <laughs> well, that pays for it. Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. But, um, but no, I mean, I like going, especially with this, these, uh, I mean, the DC ones I would have went out to see anyway, because as I, we said before, covering all the different DC and Marvel films we've covered on the podcast, more of a DC guy, and I know a lot more about DC, mm-hmm. so I'm more interested in seeing it. 
Mar- the Marvel films I've like like I've said I've only really kind of recently started to get to, get into. I mean I have wanted to see them. It's just like just never really got around to it. Like and at some points it's kind of like do I really that look even looking back like if I would go back to watch those other Marvel films. Do I really need to watch Iron Man like two and three? Probably not. Yeah, that's yeah. So you need, like Thor, like Thor two and three, like from like what it looks like. It's like oh, you're not missing much out on those ones. I do now, and this is getting ahead, but with the 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 ending on this film, I do feel like I need to go back and watch the Thors a little bit. No, I mean I know, but like from what I've like read, like about just like reviews, like the, like the first ones are pretty good. Like at least with those ones, then it's like eh, you yeah. Know. I mean, it may, does make me want to go watch Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Uh-huh. And Guardians, you know, and get ready for when Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out. Um, Seen it. It's good. I know, that's what everyone says. I remember going to the theaters to see it, and my wife said, we'll have two tickets to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. It's it's Guardians. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I I do look forward to kind of, like I said, I, like now, like, the, with the Black Panther movie coming out, I, you know, that should be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It's kind of a, it's a fun excursion. God, D- Disney is going to be rolling in money for fucking years now. They don't need to, yeah. With these Marvel films and now Star Wars, that Star Wars is getting a new fucking And as a Star Wars fan, it's like kind of nice, but at the same time like it eat like it fucking bothers me cuz it's like you're going to like by by the time they're probably done with like when they get to episode 9, it's going to be like please just make it end. Yeah. Please, that just... and like now they can go back and do like remember all of those like uh, paperback books that were that were written based on the Star Wars universe. Well, those aren't now can- they can just go on and and make all those like well, Rogue no, One. Those, well, those aren't canon. I know they're not they, canon. They're not canon anymore. But I mean, they, they, just, they destroyed the canon. They nuked it. Like, right. But every- I'm saying like they if they wanted to, they could go back and yeah. you know change things a little bit and be like we're gonna adapt this book now because they're doing Rogue One, which is a, a Star Wars story. So and then, they're can, gonna, and then they're going to do episode eight in the Han Solo film. And, yeah, so but, you can go back and do whatever anybody's old paperback book was, and this that. when we went to see this because I had to see it. Uh, that's the first time I've seen a trailer for Rogue One because I don't really want to like get blasted. That's by not it. true. We saw one in another uh, movie trailer as well. I didn't pay attention. Maybe you didn't pay attention, but, but I know a, we did. Yeah, but, yeah. And I've been trying to stay away from like the Rogue One stuff just because I just want to go and watch it and kind of experience it. I'm afraid when they come out with like episode eight, it's gonna be like a rehash of Empire, kind of. Because uh, when you think about it, the Force Awakens is like a rehash, as South Park is eloquently putting it, it is a rehash of a New Hope. J.J. Abrams did a New Hope, except kind of tweaked it to make it look seem kind of cooler. But I still, I still liked it. <laughs> I have no stakes I in this. I, so I know you don't, but I really don't care. Yeah, but I'll be. I if if when. Episode eight comes out, and if it's like a rehash of Empire, then I will get pissed off because mm. it's like no, no, now you're taking the best film, and you you're just doing the same thing now. God yeah. damn you! Well, well, they very well might probably might do that. They though. may, yeah, they because may do it. Nostalgia makes a lot of money. That's true. Yeah. Episode seven made a lot of money. Yeah. So, like I said, Disney's gonna be yeah. What's the next thing they're gonna buy? That's they can just the, pump, the next pump property that they buy. I don't know. Sure, there's a lot of good properties out there. The they song. probably are. Yeah, the soft. <laughs> We're gonna need you to Disneyfy this, please. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, they're making a lot of money on this. But at least with Marvel, it seems like it's in the right place for them. Uh, whereas, can't say the same about DC all the time. <laughs> doesn't doesn't always feel like 
DC's I know, mind well, is in the like, let's get the story right. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, when we left, they had like the poster for Wonder Woman out, and I was like, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, just just even like I know just because I know it. Like I'm already hedging my bets, and people are gonna be like, you're already biasing yourself. Yeah, you're right. I am. I'm, I know it's gonna be a train wreck, and I can't wait to see it. I mean, yeah, uh, that's that's funny too because when we saw Suicide Squad, we we're like, do we really want to waste more time on these on these movies? But yeah, I mean, with Wonder Woman, now we have now we're invested. We have to go and see like, will they get worse? <laughs> I really do want them to get better. I want them to get better. Use your goddamn coaster. <laughs> we're in Blood and Black Rum podcast is implementing a new a new rule in the in the office that we have to use coasters, and he Martin just cannot get it right. <laughs> So, but that lazy eye. But um, like, yeah, I I really do want to see DC's movies get better. Well, do you want to find I mean, Superman? Is he dead? You know, it would be great when Justice League comes out. If you like, because at the end of Batman v Superman, you see like you know the dirt on his coffin rumbling, so he's like, oh, he's still alive, and just find out what by the end of the film, like, no, he's still dead. Yeah. No, he's no, no, he's dead. He's never coming back. That'd be, that that would that would be great. That would make it like totally worth Superman's it. Superman's just, just never coming back. You know, like, it was pretty easy to vanquish him. He's done. That's it. Well, it wasn't easy. He took Doomsday. Nah, that's true. That's true. A very bad looking Doomsday. Yeah. Well, we gotta get we we get around Doctor Strange here. We're not on. We're not going back to Batman versus Superman. We already talked a lot about that one and the the one episode we did specifically on it. And then the subsequent episodes were like, well, it wasn't as bad as Batman v Superman. But, uh... Well, no, the, the new bar is Suicide Squad. That is true. That is true. I would say Suicide Squad is worse than Batman v Superman. It's, it's by, by a hair. By a hair. And it's a photo finish. Yeah. But... <laughs> that one's pretty bad. Yeah, well... That one. I'm sorry. You, you can't help it. I know, I know. It's hard to not compare. It's, well, it's hard. Not, not only that, it's just kind of fun, like, now to, like beat the dead horse yeah right i know i know, I know. but uh we're talking about dr strange uh starring benedict cumberbatch which that's a name i love to say <laughs> that's a name i love to say benedict cumberbund don't you remember when i first learned of him yeah and, we were, right we were like watching know. sherlock i was like watching sherlock one di- one time when in like one of my classes and i saw his name was benedict cumberbatch and i was like that is like the perfect British name, like <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. That is something that you absolutely expect a British person to be named. Something like that. But yeah, it's a that's a great name. I love that name. Very Ponzi. Yes, exactly. And uh, in this film, though, he's not British. He's American. You can still. I, not not really though. I thought his I thought his American accent was pretty good. I mean. There wasn't really a place where I was like, oh, yep, you definitely slipped up there. Not that I could pick out anyway. Did you? In a couple spots? I don't know. I, I didn't hear it. I mean, it's not anything that I... Yeah. That, that, like, that to me, like, that's something that wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Like, if a British guy's playing, like, an American, and they kind of sound, you know... Like, with Mel Gibson, like, being Australian, playing an American, like, and sometimes, he's, you know, he's Aussie, Aussie... Hate in language comes out, you know. Yeah, it just, does, yeah, a little bit. But it, that doesn't really bother. It's more noticeable if it's, like, something, like, you know, very far from... Yeah, yeah. yeah so, something that no. we wouldn't say or... Yeah, so... No, that, phrasing or something like that. Yeah, that's something I don't really have yeah. to pick up too much on. 
but with Doctor Strange, I gotta admit that I don't really know that much about Doctor Strange Neither at all. Neither do I. Yeah, you don't really either. The most that you know is from the Marvel v. Capcom games. Uh, Marvel Three, v- right? Well... A little bit from that. I mean, I never played Marvel v. Capcom 3. He wasn't in Marvel v. Capcom 2. I did play that a lot. Uh, but no, from Marvel Ultimate Alliance from on the Xbox, he's one of the characters in there. Mm. So it was uh, Baron Mordo. Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, that's all. And it, there's not... He doesn't like play like, a huge part in it. Yeah. Like either one of them. Like you can play as Doctor Strange. Like you can put him in your team. Um... And, but there's and, not and really you, have, you have a few conversations with him, like when you're like in like, uh, like kind of like a free roam area. But there's like I don't remember like anything great in detail. So I think like with Mordo, because mm. I didn't realize until like when when you typed in Mordo online, like oh Baron Mordo, like yeah, no, he was a villain. Like, okay, now yeah, now that makes get around. Yeah, no, I I like I said I don't because you know like, even in the game I never really used him. Like Doctor, I'm like I don't know who the fuck Doctor. He's not on my team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because my team would be like Captain America, Iron Man, yeah. Spider-Man, and Thor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really, like, we're getting into this territory now in Marvel where I don't really know many of these people anymore. You know, they did the the main guys, and now we're getting into, like, the... Well, he is, apparently, I mean, uh, from what I've read, he is, like, a, you know... A, big, a pretty big staple in Marvel. Yeah, comics. but, I mean, but at the same time, it's like when you think Marvel overall... Yeah, not... It's, 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 you know, Captain, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, and then X-Men, Fantastic Four. But unfortunately, those two are, you know, are... Taking and, oh, and, and Spider-Man. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is one that one character that I really just didn't... I don't know. And so, I, was, I mean, it's kind of interesting going into Doctor Strange and not really knowing much at all about the character or the storyline or anything. You know, when you watch things like, obviously like Batman or Spider-Man. You know their story. So sometimes when you get those Spider-Man movies that do his backstory like multiple times, well, not, Peter well, Parker's backstory. Well, not only that, I mean like there's like we'll go back, going off of the, like the Amazing Spider-Man films, which I didn't see. But from, the first one. But what I know from like um I do know Spider-Man and I you know like his backstory and some of his villains. Um but some of the villains like they use for the Amazing Spider-Man series, I can see like an average person being like, who the fuck's that? Right. You know. I don't even remember who the villain was in Amazing Spider-Man. Isn't it, uh, like, a lizard? Um, oh, maybe it is, yeah. I know, like, it's, um... Yeah. But then it's, like, the same thing, too, with, like, uh, Iron Man. With, like, Iron Man 2, it's, like, Whiplash. I think at that point, they're really banking on the fact that, like, people were into the first one. And it doesn't really matter if you know who the villain is. Like, you're still gonna follow... Iron Man, mm-hmm. Tony Stark, because you just are well, I mean, invested in that character. But to, but to me, like being like a, like a layman when it comes to comics, and like especially with like Marvel, as I've said before, the only really f- big superhero that's like Rogues Gallery is well known, like well across the board. It's Batman. Mm-hmm. Every like you can name off like twenty different Batman villains, yeah, easily. Superman, arguably one of the greatest, you know, and most popular superheroes of all time. Most people. Know him and know his backstory. Can't name more than five villains. You know, it's like Lex Luthor, Brainiac, and then it's like, oh yeah. shit, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Z- Zod, Zod, and, then, yeah. Yeah. and, then, and that's yeah. It, but it, but I mean, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's the thing with Doctor Strange, though, is that yeah, I had no idea who the villain would be at all in this film. Yeah, 
Didn't didn't know Kaecilius at all. Never heard of him. I don't think he's uh, maybe not a main villain within Doctor Strange itself. I don't know yeah, if Doctor uh, Strange has a specific villain though. He has like well, I think Dormammu. Yeah, Dormammu maybe. Yeah, which is which we get to for into the film. But like, the only thing the only thing I can think of like that's mystical. And again, this is all I like from knowing from playing like Marvel Ultimate Alliance is like uh, would be like Mephisto mm-hmm. and that's like about it because mm-hmm. like. Other things I think of, like, are, are, like, that were in the game don't really deal with, like, sorcery. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so that kind of shows us, shows, shows everybody our ignorance towards Doctor Strange. Really had no it's idea. Great. Really, it really had no idea going into the film what the hell was going to happen in this film. I just knew it was a mind trip, as some people had told me. It's, it's, it messes with your mind. And I, I just knew he was, he, a sorcerer. Yeah, some sort of magic yeah. was going to happen. Um, and magic did happen for Marvel. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that after the beer break. Get into the film fully at that mm-hmm. time. But right now, let's stop talk about what we're drinking. Um, today, uh, we have the Harpoon Winter Warmer, which is their new... Uh, like winter pack, it's not really new. I shouldn't say new because I do think they have it's the winter out. warmer every year. Uh, maybe like a little bit different um, style styles of it and and changes to the recipe. But ba- basically, theirs is a winter warmer with cinnamon and nutmeg, and I think that it's a really it's a really good holiday beer. It's delicious. I think it I, it's it's very nice. I can't say that I've ever had it before. I don't think you know I've had a like lot. I feel like I've had like their winter ale before, like. Or something wintry by them, mm-hmm. but it wasn't this. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall ever having it, but it definitely does have, you know, that winter ale, old Fezziwig. I say more, yeah, like an like old Fezziwig, like yeah. Sam Adams old Fezziwig. Definitely hints of that cinnamon and nutmeg, but the cinnamon's not overpowering, which I really prefer. Mm. I prefer that the cinnamon be downplayed. Uh, so that's really good, and uh, I. I like this a lot. It's a five point nine percent, so a little bit higher in the alcohol content that you than you normally would get because it's a warmer. It's supposed to be warming you, um, and I I think it's good all around. I mean, it's a it's a really well well bodied beer. I like their label too on here. The yeah, the, it's uh, very festive. Yeah, it's, it's festive with a Scrooge top. Yeah, hat. the top hat and the pipe should pull out my pipe. Uh, but their label says, "'Tis not the first snow that falls or the first holiday song. "'Tis that seasonal aroma of cinnamon and nutmeg "'drifting from the brew house that heralds the season of tradition, "'wonder, and the overuse of tis.'" <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty clever. I like that. Well, they've been brewing it since 1988, so... Yeah, it's not new for... It's not new, Harpoon beer, but I. it's definitely new to me. I don't think I've ever had it before. And, uh... And un- untapped says that I haven't too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you would know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like it a lot. And I, you know what? I would actually pay full price for this easily. This I know. I know you didn't. What? Yeah. No, I did not. This but... was a cheap eleven ninety nine at my Hannaford store, and because I use Beverage, which is the uh, beer and liquor app that you can get discounts on your on your. Uh, on your purchases, and then they actually pay you by PayPal. Got another dollar twenty-five back from it. Not a sponsor. 
Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, just, just, pre- pre- I know. Just, just pretty uh, in- intrigued by their business. Just practices. a fan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've gotten probably about like ten bucks or so back from them. For- well, no, and I, but no, I like this a lot, and I can see with it getting colder. This yep. be- being a craft beer that I would easily grab. It is. Too. It is definitely very good. So um, it's, it's very I do good. like it a lot more than like Sam's Winter Lager. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Winter Lagers to be begin with. I think I find them to be pretty dull and bland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like a winter warmer style ale with it being an ale, it lends more to, it gives it a better body. Yeah. So like those uh, wintry flavors, like yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely a full, full bodied beer. You get, uh, you, you get a lot more of that. In it. I definitely enjoy it. And then we, um, we also have a special treat on today's show, uh, which is a new, whiskey that I purchased uh, by Leopold Brothers, which is uh, a fairly uh, local uh, whiskey brewer. Uh, I don't know the story. They are... No, they're not local at all. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They're not local at all. They're from Colorado. So, Denver, Colorado. Wait, no. It's local. It's still in the continental U.S., so... So... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess that, that it's not like Ireland or anything like that. It's not Irish whiskey, not Canadian rye. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Leopold Brothers, I saw this in the store. I just got a headache from you saying <laughs> I saw this in the store. It's a, a small batch whiskey. They do, uh, label the, the barrels that they've made and they only make a certain amount of barrels at a time. And they like, it's, I don't think it's in production all the time. Like you, you do have like a set. They have a set amount of bottles that come out each barrel. So we're on barrel number uh, 710, it says on my bottle. Um, and never had them before. So, is and Martin this, hasn't tried it at all yet. I've had it I've had it uh, since I bought it, but you haven't had it yet. Is this a bourbon? Uh, this is a, I gotta say it's a bourbon, yeah. A mix mash? I mean, I, I know it's not from uh, Kentucky, so You know, it really just says so small te- batch whiskey. American small batch whiskey. I definitely think it's a bourbon. I think because if it's technically not from Kentucky, it's not a bourbon. But it's basically a bourbon. Okay. Yeah. So give it a give it a swig. It smells good. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice scent to it. Don't you love when we do these taste testings on the podcast and everybody's got to listen to us testing <laughs> this new new whiskey that well, we've gotten? Well, they got to go get it and you know enjoy the partake. That's right. That's right. And, uh, let's see. That's me sniffing it very nicely. And, um, uh, let's take a test here. Alrighty. Oh, you downed yours like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I get a, a very vanilla-y taste to this. No. <laughs> you don't taste the vanilla? I get vanilla, a little bit of rye. Um, I'm just gonna sit it out. I'm, yeah. I've never been one to discern. That's true. That's true. But that's what I get from it. I get like a, a, a definitive, like sort of a vanilla to it. I think it's really good. It has a unique flavor to it. Um, my my standard for ju- judging uh, whiskeys is doesn't not taste like paint thinner. What do you think about this one? It doesn't taste like paint thinner. 
but smooth. It's very smooth, yeah. Um, and it has like a nice, like a nice, just general whiskey taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are gonna be like, "Oh, you're so unsafe." Yeah, right. I know. But no, that's. I mean, look, I, I can't. To be honest with you, I can't be bothered to mm-hmm. when it comes to like discerning all of it because it, it's too complex for my pal. Because when I go to the store and I buy whiskey and I just like reading the descriptions, I'm like, "Oh, you're so full of shit." Mm-hmm. When they list off like, "There's raisin and hints of charred," it's like, "Yeah, I get the smokiness. I ain't getting mm. the raisin that. You, what are you talking about?" I definitely get the vanilla. From this, that I don't know, you didn't, you you don't seem to, you don't taste it. It's lingering now. But I get a little now bit that of you're vanilla mention, now that you're mentioning yeah. it. But I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, vanilla is not really something I associate. I've had it before in in whiskeys. It's kind of like a, yeah. I think it's really good though. I like this Leopold Brothers Distillery has done a good job with this. I would definitely buy it again. Yeah, uh, liked it. I like it quite a bit. Oh, I like it. I like. It. Like I said, you. I'll leave when we do when we do hard liquor uh, taste testing. Taste testing. You can be the one to discern. I'll, <laughs> I'll just, for me, it's just gonna be is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Well, what do you give this? Thumbs up. A thumbs up. It's not Canadian. That's right. Mm. I wonder if they use the same Rocky Mountain water as you know Coors the Bike <laughs> beer. <laughs> That Sam Elliott drinks while driving his Dodge Ram. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. In a Western. I want him to be in a new Western film with him just drinking Coors Banquet and driving a pickup Dodge Ram. Yep. That'd be that'd be a fun film. It'd be a great film. He could be a, it could be a sort of like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Except the man who's got a Gran Torino and drinks the Peebers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to Doctor Strange. We haven't discussed it much at all. Let's start with the plot. What did you think of the plot? Because, like we said previously, didn't really know that much about it. Uh, I had really no idea what this could comprise, except for the fact that Doctor Strange has to find out his like mystical calling. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I, I don't. Right. I don't really think the plot's the the strong point of this. No, because. Now, like, this is, like, film 10 in the Marvel franchise, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, another origin story, which I understand why. You can't just have, like, hey, look, it's Doctor Strange, and you haven't introduced him, so you have to, you know, this is, like, building towards... Uh, Yeah, him part of the franchise. And, you know, Infinity War, but... uh, In a sense, like, in that sense, when it comes to these movies, I'm getting sick of that. Of seeing that origin, yeah. Well, not just not just like it's not even because we haven't even seen him. This is his first time, you know, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, with like the reboots of Batman, Spider Man, getting the same fucking origin story over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, did we really like as we said before, like with Batman v Superman? Did did we really need to see fucking poor old Tom and Martha get shot again? And yeah, no. No, not really, but... So, in that, in that essence, with this being an origin story, it's kind of like... Uh, yeah, but I mean... Well, I, I mean, I, logistically, no, it totally makes sense, and I get it, and I understand why, but at the same time, it's kind of like... Eh, you know, there's, there's it's going to be a typical origin story. You're going to find out how they get their powers. They're faced with an evil. They go through training. 
and then somehow conquer that evil. Yeah, it's it's um <laughs> I mean, you can definitely equate it to this is a superhero story about someone getting their powers and figuring out, you know, exactly what to do with them. It definitely feels like that. It it and in that part of it, you can blame Stan Lee for that. For like <laughs> cementing that whole like you got to do it this way sort of thing because yeah, his stories they do go through the same processes, you know. And this one, yes, maybe it's a little bit different instead of Getting you well, know, well, as I said to you, it's like, man, it's, he's fucking basically Tony. If you like not knowing much about you know Marvel, I, yeah. uh, Marvel outside of like you know the big ones, it's like, man, he's like Tony Stark. He's a pompous asshole. He's got money, thinks high of himself, and then oh, you know something, something happens. Something happens, gotta, yeah, and then yeah, he's got to actually assume his his new identity as yeah. a, a mystical. Guru, yeah. So, but yeah, so instead of being like a a billionaire tech guy, he's a neuro, a fucking rich neurosurgeon, and he has a drawer full of Rolexes, all set up and raring to go for his next party that he's going to. Speeds off in his fucking Lam- Lambo like an asshole. <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, don't you love that in these movies? Like when they're, especially when they're in New York, they just speed off like right out of the fucking garage, and it's like. Oh, that's of course you live on that one barren road in the middle of Manhattan, where if you did that, you're not going to ass end somebody as soon as you get you know yeah. turn out. It looks pretty. It actually where he is living in his apartment, it looks pretty busy. It's like right in the heart of the city. Yeah, because you get it. You kind of get like a, a little overlook from his hotel or his apartment building, where you see like the skyscrapers and everything. He's got to be in the middle of the city. Yeah, it, right. it doesn't look like he's like outside of it he's not all. in stanton island no no <laughs> and and so yeah he, he's gonna be accelerating out of that like garage right onto the highway sort of thing that he's doing yeah he's gonna probably at some point uh get into a lot of traffic like there's gonna be a traffic jam, jam there one day and he's gonna be accelerating in and like just fucking slam into somebody's somebody's rear end and just kill somebody and then have to do immediate operation mm-hmm. on them because he just put their head through a windshield. Yeah. But I mean, overall, like, he does kind of come across to me just as like, oh, he's Tony Stark. He's an, he's, yeah. he's a rich asshole. Well, I agree. I mean, I haven't seen Iron Man, but from what you've, what we've seen in like Captain Aven- America, and the, uh, and the Avengers. Yeah. He's yeah. Rich it, ass, pompous asshole. <laughs> yep. Thinks, always thinks he's right. Um, possible drunk. I imagine. Yeah. Old, good old, well, Tony Stark's a drunk, but I imagine good old, you know, Benedict's like... Yeah, Doctor Strange. With those Rolexes, he's, you know... He, he's he's not drinking Leopold Brothers. He's yeah. drinking some Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah. Or something even higher end, like some of the uh, imported scotches or something like that. Yeah, no, but... Uh, I thought the plot, for the most part, was pretty good, but it, it does rely heavily on exposition through a lot of it, a lot of dialogue. For a, for a movie that's only less than two hours, it does spend a lot of time on that training aspect of it, um, where you're, you you get a lot of the exposition of this is what um, at the, same time, the Ancient One does yeah. and stuff like that. And at the same time, you get no sense of time either. That's true, you don't. Because in this film, uh, there's a whole thing where after Doctor Strange's accident he then goes through a grieving process for his 
his hands because he can't operate anymore. Um, before finally which, spending all of his money trying to get oper- experimental operations. Which, by the way, the way he wrecked his Lambo off that cliff, one, that's like a callback to the animal of Rob Schneider going careening off a fucking cliff and being smashed into like a, a ball. And two, what he did, out of all the things that happened to him, you, he just, all he had was... Hand injuries, yeah. Yeah, nerve damage. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, wow, he's lucky to be alive for one thing. Plot convenience there. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm taking the piss out of it, but I'm not doing it to like, as like a serious criticism. It's like, wow, that's totally a comic book thing, like where something crazy, like, oh, he's dead, and like, parent, no, he just hurt his hand, so he can't play baseball anymore. (laughs) He like, well, he flew off (laughs) of a cliff. He like smashed into some building. And then flipped his car a few times and on that, the on the hood of and, the car and landed in fucking cold icy water. Yeah, so that's pretty good though. I mean, you could see why he'd be upset about not being able to have his hands anymore, but to not be dead is is the, no, is the thing to take away. I just from don't that. get. I just don't get the logistics. Yeah, of that. yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so he's like, it's his hands that are crippled. But you're like, get yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, <laughs> other than that, he can do whatever yeah. else. He can do, you know. Akimbo and whatever. I, mean, I don't get like, what, like, what did his hands like when he was? Well, they show it kind of like he's holding the steering wheel, and the steering wheel kind of gets pushed in, and his hands go into the steering wheel and break all. They kind of show just the like the first glimpse of it where his hands are going, it's, you know, in, into the steering that's wheel. That's still such a big stretch, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I don't, you know, maybe he's he was always destined to be this, so. Maybe there's something to do with that, or you know, cha- the changing of time streams could be a big thing. Maybe that'll be in a, in a different movie where they show like somebody was like sitting on his chest, making sure he didn't go anywhere, <laughs> fly through the windshield or something like that. But you know, it's a Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, got but, got somebody over looking like, oh, yep, yeah, all right. But I totally agree. Yeah, it's pretty far fetched to see that like he got that huge accent, and then he's just pissed off that he you know he lost the use of his hands doing surgery. I mean, he, he could totally be fucking dead. And that, that would be the end of it. So, I don't know. Yes, well, well, I did, agree. But it doesn't make sense, though, for why he's so obsessed about it, because he's an asshole and ego, e- very egotistical and egomaniacal and focuses everything on his... His work. His work and how he's so great at it. And I do think that... To, um, the, to, to the point where he's... You know, in the middle of brain surgery, and he's playing, like, name that too. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best part of uh, Doctor Strange's plot, though, is for Doctor Strange to find out that there's bigger things than just himself, like, in his his uh, record, keeping his uh, surgery record intact. Because in that be right before his, his accident, he's getting a call from, from somebody who's, like, funneling him a bunch of different cases for... Uh, what he could operate on and there's a couple and he's like do you want you, you know you want to wreck my perfect record so like these people who are obviously suffering and could use the at least a surgeon to do something for them but that is a thing though yeah no i know it is you, you were know. you were you of all people would know that because you work in the medical field you would know there's probably doctors who are like Oh, the sixty-five-year-old needs like a hip. Oh, I'm not fucking doing that. I mean, I <laughs> can't more... say that I've ever experienced it because, for one thing, we don't have like high-profile cases like that. Like, but 
But yeah, I mean, I could totally see it. It's just the same thing like a lawyer not accepting a case because it, they realize that it's not one that you can yeah. win. Like, there's no chance in winning it. So, and that's the thing with Doctor Strange, though, because in this film, he really think he really thinks of himself highly, but at the same time, then he would take those challenging cases that were supposedly inoperable, you know, impossible. He, you would think that he'd be, you know, wanting to do those kinds of things because those would challenge Well, him. well I think he wants, to, well, because he also wants something interesting too. So yeah. I think yeah. if it's just dangerous, but it's not interesting. It doesn't grab his attention. So that's why like the one that he was interested in when he was listening to those phone yeah. calls is like that. Ooh, it's like impossible and weird. So that's why he wanted, but if it's just like impossible, he's like, no, why the fuck would I try that? Because if I do, because if I do it, then it's like, oh, I, you know, I did something that I probably shouldn't have done. But if I did it, and it was really weird, and I had to, like come out with something fancy. All the medical journals are going to be on that. You know, it's true. So. Yeah, I do like that part of Doctor Strange though, because really a lot of Doctor Strange, the film, <coughs> is about him finding about this new world that he's never known about before. They dedicate, as you said, a lot of time to that whole backstory. Yeah, about finding out about... The first first two acts of this film are three quarters of this film. Yeah, because the first act is really him being upset about his hands, you know, then trying to figure out ways to, you know, get around it, have experimental surgery, do whatever he needs to do to get back to, to being able to do surgery... And then the next act is him finding the Ancient One and, you know, doing training with Mordo uh, and, you know, just basic training, really. I mean, we see a lot of that training of him practicing things, practicing spells, doing things, you know, that I like to refer to as our, you know, against the rules. You know, he, he doesn't operate by the rules, um, so he's trying out experimental spells and things that he really shouldn't be doing because he's not technically uh, ready for those yet. He hasn't had the training. Which, at the same time, like that's like the, they go in depth with him training and like showing that he's willing to learn once he puts his ego kind of aside. He's willing to learn. And he's has a photographic memory. That's why he's so you know intelligent. He can memorize all the things that he ends up reading, but at the same time, there's all past, you get no sparing of time during this training, so you have no idea how long has he been studying, how long has he been training, how long has he been reading these books, like, yeah, you like you don't know, has it been a couple of weeks, days, months, has it been years, because when he, he runs back into his, you know, his ex-flame, Rachel McAdams, and it seems like they, it was just like two days ago, like that. Yeah, so it hasn't been that long, really, because yeah. she... Really hasn't moved on from him yet or anything. Yeah. And she's not very surprised to see him either. You, yeah. you know, if he had been gone for a long period of time, you would expect her to be like, whoa, what are you, you know, what? I can't believe it. Where have you been? I mean, she's not really that surprised to see him. Yeah. So that that's one of the problems I do have because it, it's like with the Saw films. It's like there's no sense of time during that period at all. So you don't really know. Like, you don't get a sense of like, it's like, oh, he's a quick learner. It's like, how do I know he's a quick learner? I don't know. The only thing that you have, like, me to go off of is, like, oh, he went from having a beard to trimming it down to a fancy goatee. Yeah. It, you know, that's... It, I, and it's my... And it, and it is annoying because, again, the, the, this is where, like, these super... Oh, kind of like a... It's a nitpicky thing with me when it comes to, like, these origin stories for films. It's usually... 
You get this. No, you don't really get a sense of time when it comes to like the training, and it's not just this film. It's a lot of the mm-hmm. superhero films. You don't get a sense of the time of them training, discovering their powers and who they are. And but there's at the end of the film, they're fighting some great evil and they win. And and and, and, one, only... and one of the few films that does that well though is like Batman Begins because you get you see Bruce training with Raish, and it's years, yeah. years past. You see and know that. So at the end, when he's you know. Fighting Rache and Scarecrow, it makes sense that he can, you know, overcome those because he, you see, saw him training for years. This is like, so in what two weeks he's by the end of this film he's fucking Sorcerer Supreme now. Yeah, what? He, yeah, he takes the Ancient One's place. Yeah, yeah it's it's it is it's it's hard to follow Doctor Strange's timeline. It really is. I it's and it doesn't seem like it is that long either because Kaecilius, played by Max McCallson, who is this film's you know villain for the most part um he's trying to take over three different uh, areas inner sanctums yeah the inner sanctums that basically keep the mystical world in place so that no other multiverses can come into the one universe that dr strange occupies so he's gotten through at, by the end of the film, he's gone through two out of the three, but it doesn't seem like it's taken him that long because he's pretty much mounting an assault on everywhere, and they can also travel through distances without really any yeah. time wasted because they can create portals that bring them anywhere they want to go. So, you know, it doesn't mean that, like, oh, he had to travel to London from New York City. You know, that must have taken a five-hour flight. No, it's not like that. They just jump through a portal and he's there. So, yeah, the the timeline is problematic. It's really hard to, to figure out exactly how long it's been. And so when you're watching Doctor Strange train and then all of a sudden he's now uh, one of the, uh, you know, the keepers of the inner sanctum, it does make it a little weird because we have to imagine that some of these people that the ancient one is training at the inner sanctum have been training for years. I mean, like have it just been there, there there's being like a quick learner and smart. And then just kind of like, it's like ridiculous. Like, like like being like a ridiculous project. It's, it's like with dragon ball when master Roshi's telling Goku for the first time, it took me 50 years to master the Kamehameha wave, and then Goku just watches it do him once. He's like, Kapoo! Oh, you mean like that? Yeah. You know? And that that's done for comedy's sake. This is like... Or, yeah. This or, is supposed to be serious, so it's like, okay, I understand he's, you know, Stephen Strange is very smart, and again, photographic memory, you know, other, like, you know, otherworldly level of intelligence. But again, it's not like... Being a sorcerer would just be an easy thing to pick up, and even if it is, again, like there's no sense of time, and like how if there, if I got like I said, like one week later, and you see like wow, he mastered all that, I could digest that, man. Uh-huh. but there that isn't there, so yeah. But I mean, I I do think that uh, Doctor Strange's plot is pretty good. I think that this film could have used a little paring down of the exposition. Because there are long periods of time of heavy, heavy exposition that's delivered to characters via dialogue. It, most of the Mordo and uh, Strange. Mordo and Strange talking yeah, is, right, is, is very much dialogue explaining the Ancient One. Relics. Ex- yeah. How, you know, the... And then with the Ancient One also talking to uh, Doctor Strange, you know, that's a lot of exposition on, like, how there's multiverses and how the barriers work and... 
how there's a great dark entity universe that wants, for some reason, has its uh, you know really wants to devour Earth. It's trying it's trying to devour all universes. But for some reason, it really wants, you yeah, know... it wants Earth. Probably must be because of the Ancient One, I would say. But there's no real... There's nothing... No, the rhyme or reason. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, it it doesn't really... We know that he wants to devour everything. Which, which is like... Which, in that sense, Dormammu's like Galactus. He's like... Right. Instead of eating planets, he devours... Yeah, exactly. He devours entire... Which is what I said. Remember when yeah, I was watching yeah. the movie? That is what I said. But, yeah, it, it is just like that. And I, I thought that, you know watching this film it does have a lot uh it does take a lot from a lot of other series because well, there, i mean fantastic four is also yeah marvel so and you know but. yeah um but i you know i i think that doctor strange is a pretty interesting world and i thought they did a really good job with at least explaining the multiverse aspect of it and making it um Digestible, digestible for yeah. for the layman who's watching this film because if you think back to like um some of like what superman did with their multiverses some of them are are difficult to follow in comic form not that not that they're impossible to follow but they are difficult and so i i don't feel like many casual viewers would come into doctor strange and just be off for very crazy multiverse antics you know what i mean like jumping from multiverse or doing some sort of like alternate reality i think it'd be too early for that too yeah yeah no i agree i i just think that they did a very good job of explaining it in a way that makes sense they actually and it was it was definitely targeted to like the 3d audience too because all of those scenes with the multiverse were actually dr strange falling through different you know universes Mm -hmm. and things like that going through a very trippy uh sequence with colors and you know, travel and stuff like that. I think it was very much catering to a 3D audience, but but I think they did a good job with that. And I do like Doctor Strange's uh, overarching plot about mysticism and uh, you know adding some of that, and that east, you know, middle uh, the Eastern culture. And it adds a new layer to the Marvel universe because now, again, because as I was telling you throughout the entire film, it's like. They're building the Thanos, goddammit. This is all it's building to. So it's like you have the Avengers who fight physical dangers, and then now you're introducing uh, Strange Strange and his sorcery who fights mystical things, and how eventually they're going to have to come together to probably take on Thanos in Infinity War. So it's like, it's all, you know, now that you got all the building up in the Avengers and what's going on, now it's like... Okay, now we can introduce Strange and how he's gonna, you know, somehow Unite with the Avengers yeah. and they'll they all come together. But I I do I think that I I like Benedict Cumberbatch as, as Doctor Strange. I think he does a really good job at that pretentiousness that's inherent in Doctor Strange. I and I think the writing was really good for Doctor Strange as well. I mean, he definitely does come off as a pretentious asshole in the beginning by like. You know, it's like he's as pinpoint. We, yeah, it's like we said when we were watching. It's like he's House and yeah, Doctor Cox from Scrubs. He's exactly. Yeah, total, but full of himself. And I think that Cumberbatch does a really good job too, because even though he is totally full of himself, I think that you do still end up liking him. Even you know, even in that beginning part. Later on, yes, obviously you do because he's kind of figuring out that he's he's. It's not all about himself. 
but I think that you do still like him in that beginning part, just because of his, I think, because of his humor, um, because of some of the things that he does, like playing name that tune. You mentioned you would be the same way, being able to like, oh, name saying, that tune. Oh, I was it, saying you know. he, I, that was, that was me to a T because the whole part where he's on, they put on Chuck Mangione. Uh, feels so good. I was like, oh, 1977. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, and he and he says it, and he like, because he named not only names the artist, he names the song and the year that it came out. And the guy's like, actually, it came out in 1978. He's like, no, you're wrong. It charted in 1978, but it actually came out in 1977. They look it up, and they're like, wow, he's right. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's me to a T. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I was right. Kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I do like that. I think that I think that uh, Cumberbatch is is good in this part. I I definitely think. You know that he's he's a solid addition to the Marvel universe, and um, he's you know I, he's doing a good good work in this film. Um, and I think this is a this is a like a, a very uh, I would say divided subject, but I think Tilda Swinton does a good job as the Ancient One. But I can see the frustration with having her as this character rather than an actual Asian person because in the film itself, they're in Nepal. It doesn't technically make sense that a female white woman is the ancient one. It just doesn't. But I can also see it from the filmmaker's standpoint because Mordo's a disciple and he's black, which is a new addition to, Doctor Strange as well, so they're they're definitely playing around with the races. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't. The there's characters. no when it comes to disciples, though. There's no rhyme or reason to what. Technically not, no, because they're just people who go there yeah. looking to be healed. True, and, true, and that's how they become disciples. Grant uh, Baron Mordo in the comics isn't black, mm-hmm. but right, which was an addition for this. So. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I I agree. I I don't like like the change. You know, I, I don't mind that she's a woman, obviously. No. I think that's a cool change. I think I, it adds something a little I, bit different to I, Doctor I, Strange. I mean, like, because I, I think of, like, certain, like, especially when it comes to, like, anime. Like, certain, like, animes were to be adopted into, like, like an English translation into, like, a film. They, like, say, made, like, a Lupin film. I would be probably kind of pissed off if they, like, casted Zenigata. Is it not Japanese? Like, no, he's a Japanese inspector. That's, like, his whole... Right. Well, like, in that, Go- that's Go- his, that's Ghost in the Shell... With Scar- Scarlett, yeah, yeah. Scarlett Johansson, we're we're running into that same thing. But in that, and but in that case, though, it I, you can kind of forgive that because it's. I mean, see, in that in that sense is kind of different because it's in the future. It's an android, so you can say, "Well, she can right be any exactly." Yeah. And I think they're getting away with that a little bit because of that, because they can say. You know, she doesn't necessarily have to have a Japanese body. She can be a- anybody because she could have been a Japanese. She, per- yeah. but this is what she came out as. I mean, so that, in that case, that's like a little different. Though I do understand that because you know, that's why I'm, I'm wondering when the film comes out, are they just going to call her Major? They're going to say that she's Motoko Kusanagi. I think they're just calling her Major for what from what I've seen. Yeah, that's what I saw from the trailer. Yeah, and then which I think would be a good idea if they just stuck. With I know, Major. I know. If they call yeah. her Kusanagi, that yeah, you know, be yeah. pretty weird. But 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 like I said, but like when it comes to like Lupin, if they were to ever to do a Lupin, like I could see them doing. It would make sense for Lupin to be like 
European, even though he's like half Japanese, half white. That you can get away with that. Jigen too, because Jigen's technically an American. He's just got a Japanese name. But if you had like Fujiko Goi Goimon or Zenigata not be Japanese, and it would be like, oh, what really? Right. And I, I, I mean, and then the only one out of those three that would get a pass, kind of on being possibly not Japanese, would be Fujiko, because I guarantee it, they probably wouldn't cast. Uh, you know, yeah. a Japanese or, Japanese or an Asian that. actress for that role. But like, if you had you had like Goemon, and you have like fucking Sean Penn or something, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, Tom fucking Cruise, the Last Samurai, playing you know Goemon. Then yeah, you'd, you'd be like, no, yeah, you're this is stupid. But. So I mean, how do you feel about the ancient one in this? Because I don't really know that much about the comics, like we said. So right. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming that. The Ancient One's backstory is a little bit stronger in the comics because he's featured in it a lot more. In in the film, the Ancient One, she doesn't really get that much backstory at all. We don't know that much about her really at all throughout the whole thing. She's a mysterious character intentionally. She's just, as what we know, is the Sorceress Supreme. Yeah, and and she's the guru. She kind of has all the teachings. She's like Dumbledore for Harry Potter fans or, you know... Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi. But but with a dark side. So because she bends the rules. I think that we're working on two spectrums here because Doctor Strange the film is actually getting a little bit further away from the comics by doing some of its casting changes. Um, the film itself doesn't require a, any specific you know, cultural heritage for, for the ancient one. Uh, but at the same time, I think it may, it, it definitely angered people for a reason that they re they decided not to go with an Asian lead for the ancient one. And I, I, I totally understand that too. I don't think there's an easy answer to, to this, you know, were they right to, to recast it for a white woman? Probably not. Does it work for the film? Yeah. Like, it doesn't leave a gaping hole in the storyline or anything like that. So, I see it both ways. Thoughts? No, I, I agree. I mean, it's... Like, even, like, like, petty things. Like, when Daniel Craig was cast as Bond, people were pissed off because he's a blonde Bond. Mm-hmm. Blonde, like, that. that's why... That was the... People, yeah. yeah, people thought he was a terrible choice. That was the outrage. He was a blonde-haired Bond. Yeah. So I mean I, I you know I I understand I I don't think there is an easy answer. Again, I do think I would prefer it to be going to somebody that was you know Asian. But again, that's at the same time I don't have, especially with you know films like this. <coughs> they're <coughs> they're such assembly line films. True, that is true as well. But I think that's one of the outrages is that. Marvel is an assembly line of white people, for the most part. It's Disney. Uh, no, I know, I, I know, but uh, that is a valid criticism. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, see, that's, that's one of the things I was realizing, too, when I was watching this film, is, it's not a bad thing, but, the, this is, this is assembly line filmmaking, it's, it's literally just pump out, you know, film after, you know, a lot of thought and detail went into it, and it's an enjoyable, you know, film to watch. It's 
it's a it's a serviceable film. It's a very mm-hmm. good film. Is it anything though that's like gonna change cinema though? No, because no. again, it's literally just buy the books, pump out a film that's of quality that people are gonna find entertaining and it's gonna make a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it has, good- and that's one of the fears when it comes to, like the new Star Wars films. I'm like, as as I keep watching, I'm like, that's what's gonna happen to it. It's like this isn't like the, you know. This isn't like what the originals were like. It's just, right. you know, pump out. Let's just make some money. They're good. They're entertaining films, but is there anything, like, special about them? No. Yeah. I mean, I think that they did a good job. I don't think that they, when we say by the numbers, I don't think, it, we're not saying that, like, this the film plot itself or, like, the storyline behind Doctor Strange is by the numbers, because it certainly is not. It is, it is creative. It is a little bit different from the rest of the the Marvel no, characters that say, you're, the superheroes that you're say, used to. I would say plot o- ar- archetype. No, it's totally by the numbers. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like, 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 I was there. He describes it earlier. It's literally yeah. got, you know, gets yeah, accent, yeah. gets power, has to Bad overcome. Guy yeah. I mean, but I'm saying like the actual ideas behind Doctor Strange are interesting yeah. enough to make that, ge- that generic structure yeah. and formula. And I think, no, again, I agree. Because it's, an enter- like I said, all these films that we've seen by Marvel have been entertaining. Yeah, like I said, but like wa- like watching this one, though, is where it's, like, it's really starting to hit me. Like, God, it, it really is just. So what are you expecting when you see, like, Black Panther? You think it's going to go through the same it's emotions? Gonna, yeah, well, it's going ha- to have to. With Black, Black Panther, it's going to be another origin story. Because we saw him, like, now that his father... You know, in uh, Civil War, that his father died and he becomes the king. It's going to be just him like, I'm the king now, and what do I run into running my country? You know, being the Black Panther, how am I going to defend? And it's going to be the same damn thing. So, I think what we're seeing then, <laughs> and what we're seeing from Doctor Strange is that, as an origin story, because they're inevitable, you have to do it for the first film for a character. You You can't skip over it, really. I mean, it's not... It, it would be in, improbable to think that everybody could understand what you're coming from. But I think what we're seeing with Doctor Strange is that this origin story itself becomes somewhat tedious as it goes along because it is so much of that training aspect of, like, here's a lot of footage of um, Doctor Strange figuring out his power. Because that is probably a good hour of the film, right? Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, about an hour of the film is him, you know, having his accident, overcoming, you know, that part of it, but wanting to find out about a way to, you know, be able to use his hands again, and I, then going to. I I think what would have made the plot of this film, mm-hmm. um, better structured is if they cut down the training. Yeah. Give it more fluidity, and so you, like, have, like, a sense of time, of, like, how long it took him to kind of get to become, like, a, not a novice, but, say, like, a journeyman. Like, somebody, like, like wow, like, you picked up on this really quick. Like, you're at, like, a, not master level, but you, you're getting there, you know, but you have, you know, but you disagree with the Great One, so that's where you're having issues with, like, you know, with, like, power and how to use it. And if you just... Cut the training down, get it to focus on, like, a span of time where he becomes real, you know, how he gets from novice to not master, but up there. 
and then focus more on the third act. Because Caecilius as a villain in this is underwhelming. And yeah. it's not, and it's not the actor. It's actor's, not Mads Mikkelsen's fault. And it's no. not at all, because he is entertaining, and he's good. They give him nothing to do, though, and then the, and the villain with him also is Dormammu, which makes sense for him not really to have that big of a part for what the story tells, but the fact that you don't really see enough of Caecilius and how he went from being a student who was, he's at a master level, but he was a student of the Great One. You don't really get a sense of like where, where his his power come from. Like how why is he such a match for the Great One? Mm. And why did he follow this path? There's not enough of that. And then when you get to the climax of between Strange and him, it's very underwhelming. It just it literally just bang it happens, yeah. and they f- literally fly through it. That was a a big part of how I felt about Doctor Strange is that, <coughs> excuse me, um, most most films they go by a specific guideline of events. Like here's your you know you're gonna do your 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 exposition. You're starting starting inciting action that starts mm. the film. Then you go through a bunch of rising action, and there's that one spot where you can definitely pick out. Oh, yep, that's the climax. But for Doctor Strange. There's no real real spot where you're like, yes, this is the climax. There's a a series of actions that occur, some of them rising, some of them not. Some of them feel just like exposition that's stuck in there. And then it's a very very strange feeling because obviously when Caecilius is attempting to destroy the last inner sanctum and you know, give Dormammu the power to devour this world, there's no... I didn't feel very much in a way of stakes. I didn't feel anything, really. I didn't feel like this is a tense moment. I didn't feel like we... In in any sense that Doctor Strange was was very in danger or anything like that. Well, not only that, because the whole way that Strange ends up beating Caecilius and Dormammu is... Because he manip- manipulates time, which is a forbidden technique, mm-hmm. which we see earlier in the film that he kind of reads up on it and tries, you know, manipulating an apple from being, you know, eaten to then decayed. Yep. And that's it. You only get it's a very brief thing, but and that's it's all it's touched upon. But by the end of the, like again, this is where I like, have like a problem with like, these types of films. It's like by the end, though, he's mastered it. Like so, like now at the end, he wins by manipulating time. You. It, he just he reverses it, right? So, so Caecilius, and then when he gets when he goes to fight Dormammu, he doesn't fight Dormammu. He put he creates a time loop. So each time Dormammu kills him, he just comes back and says, "I'm gonna bargain with you." And Dormammu kills him. He's like, I, look, "We're stuck in a time loop. I'm gonna keep doing this until you, you know, agree to the <laughs> terms I have." And it just keeps you know going and going. And it's like, wait, hey, how did you like again? I understand he's. Greatly intelligent, and he has a um, you know he's a genius, yeah, yeah. and he's a genius. But again, (laughs) there was like that little bit that we saw of him kind of learning how to tinker with time. To now, again, he's like mastered the art of doing that. Yeah, it doesn't really jive. It just doesn't come together enough to where that makes it believable. Yeah, that makes sense. 
And again, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like there is a, a moment. And with, I don't feel like that whole thing with Dor- him doing that with Dormammu, that's not a climax. Not really. It, it's more, it seems more like a falling action. Yeah, it's just... It, like, it's, because, I mean, it is, I do like that. I think I think that is a really, you know... It was a clever... Clever, yeah, plot. clever trick. Because he says he doesn't want to kill, Strange says he doesn't want to kill people. He spent his life as a doctor trying to protect people and yeah. save them. So he doesn't want to kill... Because after he killed one person in the film, he was disgusted by it. And Mordo tells him, you have to kill. You know, there's no other way. And he's, you know, he's like Batman. Like, no, there is a way. And that's his way of getting around it. But at the, sa- like, at the same time, though, it's just... It's, it's To me, it's like just... That whole scene, as like, cool as it is, it's like... It didn't really feel like it's the climax. Like, that's climactic. Right. It felt more like... We went from like it building to it, and then just all of a sudden, just, you know, dropping to like, and oh. yeah, that that's a strange part of Doctor Strange is that the the storyline just doesn't really follow those those key pieces of what makes a film. It doesn't. I and I mean, I I won't say that it's not good, and it doesn't. It didn't. It, it's not that it didn't interest me or that I wasn't entertained by Doctor Strange, but I did feel like that was a very odd way of doing this storyline it just didn't it didn't hit me in the way that i thought it would when we know about caecilius virtually winning because he's already destroyed the inner sanctum and dormammu's about to yeah yeah about to devour the world he's this is already occurring so we really should feel some sort of tension over this but i there's just no suspense generated and it was strange to me almost felt like um, Ghostbusters, when, like, Dormammu was getting ready to come. Yeah, kind of, it's yeah. Like, it's like, who are you gonna, like, got Dan Aykroyd come bursting through. And yeah. Like, oh, who are you gonna call? Or even the new Ghostbusters, because it's, again, set in, you know. Well, that was in Hong Kong. Right? Yeah, but I mean, Last it's still, one. again, set in a city, like yeah. a large city, where you're kind With of seeing giant, all of the... Giant yeah. fucking... Yeah. I, I did think that, it, it was just a little weird. But what we haven't talked about yet is the effects. Because... That was something that we brought up when we were watching the film itself. They didn't phone that in. They did not. No, did not phone that shit in at all. No, and to a, and almost to a flaw. It's I know it's supposed to look trippy and out there. I don't have good vision. I probably brought that up a few times, and I know a lot of those shots were meant for three D. But even watching it, in, and I can't see three D. Even watching in 2D, like, it was, like, kind of an assault on my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, especially the whole, like, scenes where they're, like, fighting in New York and you see Caecilius is, like, bending reality and you see, like, the skyscraper shifting and twisting and bending. It looks good. They did a great job. It looks, you know, really good. But, like, man, like, watching at the same time, though, it was hard to follow. Like, some of the things that were going on within the scene, and it, like, it killed my eyes. It was like, holy hell. I think the ones that I had the most problem with was when uh, Doctor Strange had his, like, orange lasso. Um, or, like, you know, his his orange weapon that's conjured yeah. from the mystical arts. Yeah. Um, because those, you could tell the blocking was done in a way where whatever they were holding was meant to be concealed by the CGI effect mm. that's on screen. But the blocking itself was difficult to follow at times because either things were very shot very close up, or they were shot at a distance where fast the CGI and, yeah. was very fast and you couldn't really follow it. So I did. I know what you mean when you said your eye. You know, it was playing with your eyes because 
those scenes I did have a hard time following. Some the ones that they were using actual mystical objects. Mm. And like um Caecilius, he uses uh like uh daggers that are are like basically invisible. They're like opaque. So those were also difficult to see because obviously they blend in with the the, the only one that was really film. easy to see was uh, the great ones because she's got like like you know Mortal Kombat katana fans. Yes, she's, yeah, yeah. Know, so that was like easy to see because you had like you know big uh, protractor that she's basically yeah. holding, <laughs> you know and she, that she's holding in both hands. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. When Strange was using his like ha- handcuffed lassos, that was you know those are hard to follow. But I mean, like some of the like some of the CGI that they put into like with um. The other dimensions and just how look that that is really cool looking. Yeah, just I think them. they look good. This is definitely one that you should go see in 3D. I think that you would get a lot out of it if you saw it in 3D. We saw it in 2D. Went uh, for one thing because Martin can't see 3D, but also because we didn't really have any. I don't think we had anywhere really that was playing it in 3D. It's pretty much only in 2D around oh, here. Emerald might have been playing. Maybe they may have been because they put like anything. So, I, yeah, sometimes yeah. they do. But I mean, this is definitely one that if you can see it in 3D, you should because you know sometimes you get films that are in 3D and they really only they added a couple, it, yeah they, they added a couple scenes it. where like something's coming at your face and that's it. But this is not the case because this is a trip. Like you, you actually take some sort of like you fly sometimes. You travel. You you're with Doctor Strange as he's falling through universes and dimensions. So that part of it. It really makes it worth it to see it in the 3D. I can I can definitely you know tell that that was the case with the, with this film. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it's definitely makes that 3D part worth it, uh, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, some of the effects are difficult to follow. But I think they did a really good job with the rest of it. The CGI does not look uh, bad by any stretch of the imagination. Even Dormammu, who obviously is. Supposed to, be, I mean, you can clearly tell that is a CGI character, and you, they can't do it any other way. There's no, you know, they're not going to be able to get a dude who's playing Dormammu because yeah, cool. he's basically supposed to be a gigantic space space engine. monster. Uh, I thought he looked good. I mean, he's, I don't think he looked great. Uh, some like some of the CG was like, especially like with the Dark Realm where Dormammu was, made me think of like, man, it looks like they designed it to look like uh, microscope. Like if you're looking at a microscope, like bacteria, mm. like the way it kind of, except with like trippy. yeah, like germs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, except with like trippy colors. Yeah, but yeah. But, no. I, but like if, if you are comparing this to Batman v Superman, God, CGI, it's so much better. Way better. Way God. way way better. Yeah. So much better. Doomsday yeah. looked like Dooms- shit. Yeah, Doomsday. Yeah. If you compare even Dormammu and Doomsday. It's night and day. Yeah, exactly. It's not even close. Yeah. You can just tell that more care was put into Doctor Strange's CGI. It's, it's obvious. They got Pixar on it to animate. <laughs> like, we gotta make sure this shit looks good. We don't, we don't want Doomsday running around looking like a... F- I agree. Well, Dormammu in this Dormammu. game. Dormammu, yeah. But- yeah. So overall, how did you feel about Doctor Strange? It's entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I liked it. Um, I'm gonna give it. Yeah, I know you haven't said. Well, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. It's a very. It is an entertaining film. I think too much time though is spent on the training. Um, and I think that hampers the fact that when it gets to the final act, it the tension's not really there because it's just. Mm-hmm. The you again like 
you don't really have an idea of Strange's overall powers. Because again, at the end of the film, he's Sorcerer Supreme. He becomes the leader. Yeah. And so, and at the end, he's even got like, you know, some of the people telling him like, oh, you don't know this. Like his underlings are like, yeah. oh, you got a lot to learn. And there's and a, it, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of flip-flopping in Doctor Strange too. I mean, you got Doctor Strange who really doesn't, he, he, first of all, he trusts the ancient one completely. Then when he learns a little bit more about her and how she's immortal, he, he finds out that she draws power from the dark, you know, from Dormammu. Uh, which then he not completely supposed, which does, not, which right, not supposed it's to, against but, the rules. Yeah. Uh, you know, then he completely distrusts her. And then once he kind of finds out a little bit more about why she breaks those rules, because, the, and then he kind of understands, like, I do the same. Then he completely trusts her again. But at the same time, that's not, that's that's another trope going off the whole training to do. That's another trope that, like, all these films, like, do, where it's like, look again, you think back to, like, the shit film that it is, Batman and Robin, where, like, Robin, like, uh, you know, was like, Oh, I'm gonna trust Poison Ivy because you know you don't trust me. Blah, blah, blah. It's like uh, it's like you're doing like you're doing this try to build you know tension because you can't figure out a different way to you know you don't have the Great One like interacting enough with Doctor Strange in a manner of like the him sh- her showing him how to be trained and him progressing and while he's progressing. He's trying to, like, do things a certain way, but she's telling him why not to, but then he questions it. That would make more sense, but in here it's like, you just have, like, the villain, who's the villain, saying, like, oh, you, you, well, you should, haven't seen things my way, and like, right, well, maybe I should do, see, yeah. you know, and... Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I concur with you. I would give it a 7 out of 10, too. I think my biggest complaints with this film is that, and this is a minor one, like, this would be my minor complaint, is that there's too much training. Which I I get it's a you know it's an origin story so it, there's got to be some of that but there's a little bit too much. Um, my other one is that the what I brought up before about the plot itself how there's really no climax to it and I didn't really feel a lot of tension with Caecilius and um, Mormamu. so that was a bigger one a bigger issue, and then my biggest issue is uh, yes that. There's a lot of uh, missed opportunities with Caecilius because I think Mads Mikkelsen is a good good actor. I think he's a good villain in a lot of things that he does. He's great in Hannibal as Hannibal. Uh, he's he's good in Casino Royale. Crazy. Probably one of the best parts of Casino Royale. Yeah, him, his, him as Le Chief. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and I think that they needed to give him more time to actually be a villain in this film, rather he's than just like he's yeah. yeah, he's just there. Yeah, like he just like oh, he's a master, and he's betrayed because he is like Doctor Strange. He's yeah, a, he's a rebel. He questions things. Why? Well, he just does. And, yeah, um, I. I think that was you know those those three were my biggest complaints for for Doctor Strange. Anything else that you want to add to uh, to uh one thing one thing we didn't mention is I will say the comedy in this film Oh yes I remember very go- very good it, it it hits in the right spots it's not um done at like inappropriate times the film does have a good sense of comedic timing It does it. and I think that that is what DC is attempting to get sometimes Yep well now with Suicide Squad cuz it was sure as hell wasn't there in Batman v Superman Right and I think that, you know, that when they went back for reshoots with Suicide Squad, 
they were like, we need more of Marvel's humor. Because Marvel definitely gets how to do the humor interspersed with the, the darker elements of the plot. At the same time, though, if you don't have anything funny, you don't have to do it. I agree, too. Because yeah. you can, like, again, Batman is overall can be a very dark, like, again, as we've seen from the Christopher Nolan Batman films, you can do dark, gritty, and real. That's why a lot of people were attracted to it, is because it was, you know, much different from, like, the comic book films of the time, with, like, X-Men, Spider-Man being, like, goofy and campy, but at the same time, you know, trying to be serious. They play it, you know, straight serious. Now they're like, well, we got to have that, you know, balance that Marvel has. And it's like, if you can't fit it in there, don't do it. Because when you do it, it's going to be very noticeable and very cringeworthy. Can you imagine if Batman was cracking jokes all the time? It just wouldn't, it would like, not be. Like he's at, like, yeah, Ben, uh, ben Affleck's playing, uh, you know, like Adam West Batman in this, like. I need the bat spray. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't work. And that's part of the reason why I am attracted to Batman. Is because it is a darker story. And I I do think that like a lot of what Batman does is dark. If you think about like Grant Morrison's run on the Batman comics. Mm-hmm. Or even Scott Snyder's. Very dark. Um, I remember in the 90s picking up... Because my dad owned the video store and we used to have mm-hmm. comics in it. Picking up a Batman. Uh, and it was... Like, kind of like one of those dream sequence Batmans, uh, where he's kind of trapped in, like, a scarecrow. I, I don't think it was scarecrow, but it was something like that, you know, where he's trapped in Maybe kind of a like a... Sort of something like that. I don't remember exactly. And uh, I just remember him falling into a graveyard, and, uh, like, hands coming up to grab... From the ground to grab him into the ground. And I was like, wow, this is really great. You know, and this at this point, I was, like, seven years old. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, I love Batman now. And so that's what really attracts me to Batman. I don't think you can replace the Batman seriousness and try to fit some comedy in there because they don't they don't go together. Well, you well. can't. No, you can because the animated series has shown. Yeah, I mean a little bit, but and not only that, well, the Justice League too. They they had you know a great balance between like seriousness and could be goofy. I mean, look, I like Batman both ways because I also do love the Adam West Batman. I think it's a great product of you know like uh, the time. Um, and because, you know, just how, like, back then, how kind of campy and, not just with the TV, but how campy the comic books are, like, Bat-Kid and all this other, you know. Yeah. So, I I, th- I think it can be done, but, again, it's, it, it ha- it's, uh, again, it has to be organic. You can't it has just to be, try to it has to be organic. It, it has to be organic, and, again, it's a, it's a very fine line. Uh-huh. If you're gonna go campy, you gotta go full campy. If you're going to be serious, you got to go like full serious. But if you want to blend them together, you have to know what you're doing and get everything right. Otherwise, it's going to be the chemistry is going to be totally off. And I think that Doctor Strange really hits that. There's a lot of that good comedy. And I think I think mo- like all the Marvel films so far that I've seen have a good, you know, yeah, a good mix of that. Like um, one of my favorite parts of Doctor Strange is when he's running into the hospital. After he's been injured, yelling, Christine! Christine! And she's, you know, then she rushes to help him. And And then a a similar part happens yet again when they're bringing the Ancient One in. And he's yelling, Christine! And she's like, oh, not again. So, like, that's got to be the worst goddamn ER day ever for her. (laughs) So, 
Well, not only that, like, then, like, with his cape that, you know, that, like, yeah. tackles and, like, is, like, slamming the guy's <laughs> head in the background as he's, like, try like, doing something kind of serious and he's, like, like Yes. It's, that's good. It's, I, it's I, very good. It's I very, agree. It's, I think they yeah. do that very well. And I, I hope they stick to that. I hope, because that, that is what kind of defines Marvel right now for their movies. Yeah. Wow. So. I think, I think the only, like, funny parts and, like, like Batman v Superman, as we were talking about, is like the whole part with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, being the editor of the Daily Planet, and Clark is like, "Oh, I want to write about this Bat Vigilante," and oh, I think it's wrong, and how oh, he's trying to take justice into his own hand. And he's like, "Motherfucker, I told you to write about the football game. You're on sports, Clark. You don't get to just editorialize and do whatever you want." <laughs> or you know, watching him through like maim and injure people left and right and think that he's not killing them with doing like throwing them through brick walls and uh, smashing them over the head with tables. I, no, that's and, unintentional funny though. No, that is unintentional funny. <laughs> that's, that's, I just found that funny anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Doctor Strange, we both give a seven out of ten. Uh I, you know it's it is a good uh, it's a good film. It's not my favorite Marvel film. No. I Avengers. Think- I think the first Avengers is still my favorite, but I mean it is a good film. Um, I, I it definitely has its moments. I do think that it has some flaws that we you know when you're when you're reading other reviews. I don't know if they they brought those up as much, but uh, certainly has its its share of flaws that do detract a little bit from from the film itself. So and you're not gonna get the again. You're not gonna get the nerdy point of view. We're the, we're the layman on this one. We mm-hmm. yeah. So going yep. So we have not much to comment on. Like, if you're a huge Doctor Strange fan, don't really know what to tell you about. Like, if this comes close to the comics or not, I don't. I have no idea. Haven't read it. But uh, are from you, the films, are you, are, are you interested in the comics now? Yeah, yeah, I'd read them. And actually, you know, we were looking, we were doing a little bit of research on the comics and reading like the one classic comic that I saw. I definitely, I definitely take a look at them. I think the multiverse is probably one of the most interesting things to me. Because uh, I, I, I told you, I'm not a huge Superman. I wasn't a huge Superman fan. But I started going back to DC Comics' um, uh, New 52. Just because that was an mm-hmm. easy place for me to start. Uh, so I went to I started reading Action Comics. Grant Morrison's mm-hmm. Action Comics. And he did a whole bunch about uh, Superman multiverse and how there's like an alternate Superman in a different, you know, different universe. Oh yeah. And no, in the, like well, in the DC universe too, there's, you know, yeah. Multiverses like, and like with like, uh, the injustice game, that's, it's a multi, it's set in a different universe. It's, yeah. el- it's an elsewhere, else world story. So, and I, I'm definitely interested in that. So I think that that kind of grabs me for Dr. Strange as well. So yeah, I check it out. And I think that's probably, you know, that's a testament to the film itself, too. Yeah. It did a good job. Uh, now, does this get you hyped up for the for the future? Yeah, it does. I, I'm certainly not turned off from Marvel films, and I would see another Doctor Strange movie. It, it, it's It's got me wanting, like, more, but at the same time, like, because Black Panther's next, it's like, I don't really care that much. I'm going to go see it. Like, right now, it's more like, I'm, I just want to see, like, get to Infinity War. Yeah. Get to, get to uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy, too. But it's like, I, like let's see, you know. Yep. Let's see how this all builds to... I, I'm excited to see Black Panther. I don't know, again, I don't know anything about Black Panther, really, besides what we saw in Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> but I would, I, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And again, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two because I did see the first one. I think it's really good. So, and that one really has very little to do with the rest of the Marvel universe. You know, it. Uh, well, could, I imagine it's going yeah. to. Yeah, I I would think maybe it will, but in the first one, it really didn't have much to do at all with the rest of the Marvel universe. Um, I don't think most of them had. Like, well, the only real connection this one, besides the end credits sequence at the end, is you just uh, the one eye, the eye. Uh, I can't remember the eye of was a Magnus or I don't remember the name. That was his little necklace pendant that helps him uh, control time. Uh-huh. Um, they uh, Wong mentions how it's a. Uh, Got like a piece of like infinity crystal in it, uh-huh. which is a hint towards Thanos because we have like bits of that. So yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the rest of the Marvel series, so I'll be looking forward to it for our coverage coming up. What's the next one that we got coming? What's the next superhero movie that we got coming up? Is it Wonder Woman? Probably. I think that's not what? until February. Is it February? Something. Something like that. Uh, so yeah, but we'll keep the superhero movies coming because we'll we'll keep covering them. What are we doing next? <clears throat> next time, I'm not sure. We talked about a couple different things. Oh, I had. Uh, I think we should do Bubba Hotel. I started watching it yesterday, but I guess I can put. I guess I can stop watching it. Uh, you've never seen it, right? No, I have not. That's why I want to see it. Screen Factory released it a few weeks ago. I'm a little late on reviewing it anyway. So, yeah, we can do it next week if you want. To build into our month of Christmas. Why? Because Elvis? <laughs> Elvis and his Christmas songs? Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe Bubba Ho- Maybe we'll do Bubba Hotep next week. I'll put that one on the back burner then, and I'll do something else instead uh, for reviewing. And, um, and then after that, we got a whole month long of Christmas stuff. So, I just recently bought Krampus. Because I love Krampus Saw at theaters. It's a really fun movie. You like Trick or Treat? Uh, you probably will like Krampus. It's a little bit different. We'll be doing that one. Uh, we're going to hit Christmas Vacation, obviously, because we didn't do it last year with our Vacation series, and we're going to do it this year. Uh, we'll be doing, probably, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Because um, we did the first one, and we certainly got we got to move on to the next one. It just makes sense. Can't, can't leave on a cliffhanger. And I, that's probably going to round us out if we, because by the time Christmas rolls around, it's 25th, I think we're probably going to have time for that many movies, like four, I think. I do like Home Alone. I love Home Alone. I could do Home Alone. I could do Home Alone right now without even watching it. I don't even need to watch it to do an episode on Home Alone. Die Hard. Die Hard, I know. I know, I need my Nakatomi Plaza. I haven't watched Die Hard in years. So I really need... Die, you know, and the thing is, the thing that pisses me off is that Netflix seems to know that, okay, Christmas is coming. Let's take Die Hard down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. It seems like that happens all the time. It's like, they every time I go to look for something that is they put, like, seasonal... Die, they put Die Hard 3 up instead. Like yeah. Every time I'm looking for something seasonal, it never is never there. And the other thing is, my wife has never seen Die Hard, so she really needs to. How oh, she never seen Die Hard? I don't know. She 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 hasn't, so she really needs to. We need to watch it. It's Bruce's only good film. I know. We need to watch it all. Six cents. Doesn't that count? 
No? <laughs> it's John McClane's only really good film. Oh, that's true. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we'll try to fit as much in as possible. I don't know what we'll get to. But I think we'll at least get to Krampus, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, and Christmas Vacation. So those are on the... Those are the three. And again, we'll probably have like, maybe a special one for... It's a spe- hard. A special fourth one that we'll have to think about. That's like, right. Like, it's hard because... There are so many one, so many that I want to cover. So many possibilities. So many That's choices. right. There's so many that I want to cover, but we just don't have time for them all. And we, you know, hopefully, if we're around for a third year, <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll have to do that one. So to do those, we'll have to leave something for the next years. So uh, yeah. So next week probably will be Bubba Hotep starring Bruce Campbell as the as uh, Sebastian Half slash. Elvis Presley. And uh, we'll be back after that with all of our Christmas festivities. Getting Martin in the mood. Yeah. I'm already in the mood. House yeah. is, de- house is uh, decked out in, in the outdoors. And I've been listening to Christmas music. But Martin needs to get in the mood because he's a Scrooge. Yeah, I hate Christmas. <laughs> I hate holidays, period. So. so if you're listening today, you have yourself a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Watch Alice's Restaurant, listen to Alice's Restaurant, watch The Last Waltz, listen to The Last Waltz, and then watch pr- Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And then eat some turkey and stuffing. And Dutch. Watch Dutch as well, because that's a, another really good Thanksgiving movie by... Uh, yeah, so eat, eat a lot tomorrow. Um, and then some administrative duties. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, subscribe to us there, leave us a nice review. Uh, you, we're on Facebook. Uh, just search for Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Like us. You can comment on our wall. Let us know what you want to see covered. Uh, we're on Twitter, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Um, you can always tweet us and we'll respond back to you. Uh, if you could retweet our stuff, that would really help us out because we then get seen a little bit more. We're on SoundCloud. That's where all of our episodes post first. So make sure to follow us on there. And then you could also email us if you so choose to. We're blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. Send us any suggestions, send us your love, and we'll respond back to you. Thank you for listening to Blood and Black Rum Podcast, and we will see you next week. Take care.